0: I might be a little flat tonight, boys. Oh, you won't be. I think I'm. I'm just.
1: I'm. I'm a little mellow.
0: You know. Well, I, mean, I don't
1: think you will be. I'm no. good.
0: Okay, because
2: you're about to. You're about to.
1: What am I supposed to do? Say the get, get bodied. Get bodied. <laughs> Are we live? We're live. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Get Bodied podcast. This is your host, uh, Charcross, aka Boys Share. Today we've got my two favorite, most incredible co-hosts of all time. Uh, We have Luke Montgomery, aka Dr. Luke. You want to say hi? Oh yeah, I'm here. What's up? What's up? up? I'm here.
0: That's me cheering for you.
1: And then of course, everyone's favorite, um, Ginger, the most feared kitty of them all, the Jungle Kitty. (laughs) Or Jungle Feline. Jungle Feline, David
2: Dutton. Yeah. What's up? We're feeling that out. Still, still not. A We're felining it
1: out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> such up there, didn't I? That was, such a good, that was such a good dad joke.
0: That was a good dad joke. Um, do we start? We start off by public service announcements.
1: Yeah. Right? What, what have we got? What have the people been saying?
0: <sighs> uh, the people have been saying that um, there have been bodily functions that happen on this podcast that end up like changing. It's just confusing. Like, no, yeah, like so nobody hears the toot <laughs> and it comes at a time, an inopportune time to say like, hey, we just learned that cat had a boyfriend and then a toot happens and then everybody's laughing, but nobody knows that the toot happens. So it's like, hey, like, why are they laughing that cat had a boyfriend? And then you're talking about a bird and it's just somebody farted. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners say cut that out.
1: Or we can make sure the toot is more pronounced.
0: Mm, we could impose we- the toot on the soundtrack. <laughs> I like that. Okay,
1: that's good. We recorded to and then played toots yeah. throughout the podcast. Luke, you look like you're super into that. I'm real into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have uh, any other, you know? Um.
0: Also, public service announcement is that um, watch out because if you're talking to me for more than like two minutes, you'll probably get podcasted. Mm. I, I have just completely hijacked these questions in this format to ask anyone that will talk to me about their life and question hard questions Um, and pet peeves and what they would teach me. So if you're around me and you don't want to share those answers, run, run or wear a sign (laughs) that says like, don't podcast me.
1: Don't podcast me. Yeah. So, so audience, um, as you're tuning in, you probably already know who our guest is today. It's our very own, Mr. Dutton. Hello. What's up? Hello. (laughs) It is a little
0: trippy because, like, I don't know how long it's going to be, but you as a listener know, like, you have more information about this than I have, because there's going to be a summary that you've read. You know that it's me already, but I don't.
1: Also, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm the one that writes the summaries, and if you see a grammatical error, just please reach out, (laughs) because I need it. It makes
2: me really mad. (laughs) Ooh, we had a great (laughs) review.
1: (laughs) We did had a great review. Yeah, we did have them pretty incredible. We did. Yeah, yeah it's well, so. Who's this? again? was this your? This is my older brother. Your older brother. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's definitely nepotism. I mean, it's definitely like you know, hey, like, you bribed him. Yeah, I bribed him. I was like, Jason, you should listen to this. And he's like, This is pretty inaccessible. I know nothing about CrossFit. And I was like, Oh, but you, you, you know, guru on you. He's like, Am I just listening to you talk without being able to like interject? You know. But he 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 likes it. And so,
1: yeah, you know, audience, keep up the keep up the comments and the ratings. Uh, you know, I've heard some whispers that we might become the podcast of the year. What? So <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, but more info to come on that <laughs> in the next few podcasts. But but we get to David, what do you guys want to know?
2: Like, oh, talk to what me. What do we not what do we not want to know? Um, What do we not want to know?
1: I kind of want to. I feel like I know a lot already.
2: Yeah, we we know a lot, but I don't think our listeners know maybe as much as we do. So maybe let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. It's the best
1: place to start. Yeah.
0: Okay. So my mom and my dad fell in love.
1: Oh. And then,
0: not that far back.
1: Yeah, there might be some children listening to this.
0: Yeah. Well, I was born in the state of Delaware. You probably didn't know that Newark, Delaware. I think either Newark or Wilmington. I never can remember. <laughs> but in the state of Delaware, moved here at six months old um, to uh, the city of Pickerington, which is just east of Columbus. That's right. My parents had six of us. So that was six she, kids, six kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like not six me's, Yeah.
1: That would be something.
0: Yeah. The um, world
2: would be on fire right now.
0: So that's kind of like a joke, but kind of not like after my mom had me, like she had three more. And I'm like, what? What? Why? Like, I was. It's like, after you have a baby with colic, why you have another one? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was.
1: So <laughs> she just wanted a fleet of children.
0: My mom is the saint, right? She took care of us, and and so, so full story. If you see pictures of my family, we're like we're a really tight crew. But so my older brother um, was a twin, and his twin died in the womb, and he has yes. cerebral palsy. Um, he's like the smartest person you'll ever meet. He's like. And we look really similar
2: uh, alike. Yeah, yeah. How many How many of you are gingers? Oh, my. Okay, so... Mm,
1: the Dutton trait is, like, a very strong trait. So, my dad's really a ginger. It's really important to know.
0: So, what's crazy is my dad's a ginger. My mom is dark hair, dark complexion. And Jason has, like, blonde hair. Katie has blonde hair. I have red-ish hair. So, I say reddish because then my younger brother has had, like, almost fire engine. It's a it's a, a pure auburn red hair that he's had since a baby. Like, and for the longest time, he had it long enough to put in a ponytail, and he's a rocker, and it's just his big red beard. I mean, he's red. He's also 6'4". He's a big, big guy. Um, Amy has, like, strawberry blonde hair, and then Thomas, I think, might have had red hair for a hot second and then has, has light brown hair. Are
1: you the shortest Denton?
0: No, mm. I think me and my older brother might tie. We're exactly as high, as tall as my dad. Mm. Oh, Katie's shorter than I am.
1: Mm.
0: Yep. Congrats. <laughs> Amy is not. My younger sister is not shorter than me.
2: Wow, yeah, it's true. So there's a theory going around that gingers don't have souls. How many people in your family have souls? Well, if we just establish <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: Out of the eight of us, there's one, two. Do day walkers count? Because I classify myself as a day walker. Kind of like. You're late. a ginger. You're soulless. But if you look What's at. What's day walker? Okay, so a ginger is somebody that's like like basically albino with red hair, right? A ginger. Day walkers are one that don't burn in the sun. Like the sun comes out, and you don't like, like turn into ash
2: like a vampire. But you burn in the sun. I do, but I also am. Your arms are pretty tame. I right know. That's true. They I have, have some color, now. right? You're not dead. Okay. okay. We'll classify you as a daywalker. So, so, so six of us have souls. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The other two just Good got body. nodded. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No soul. Sorry. They're great. They're great. great. I love them. Okay. Family. Yeah. Family's a big
0: part. Grown up, um, super tight. I'm trying to think of it. I mean, you guys were
1: tight, but I think in the, in the cat Kelly episode, you talked about how there were some things in your family that you were tight, but there's just some things that like, you know, sound like conflict or weird stuff that you guys never talked about.
0: Um, yeah. So typically, and, and this is all through my lens, right? So everything I say, like, if you talk to one of my family members, they might be like, David's crazy. Like this actually didn't happen. This is how I perceived it.
2: When but, your brother listens to this one. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like you, uh, yeah. This is, put is put it, totally false. Yes. <laughs> let me, let me correct this. Uh, we I, would appreciate that, Jason. <laughs> we want to know the truth. We want to know the truth. Shout out to Jason Dutton. Um, the,
0: like during conflict, like somebody would blow up or somebody would do something that you'd be like, Hey, like I would like break a light. Right. Or like, um, when I was a little kid, and this is a side story, but when I was a little kid, I would scream when I was mad and scream so long and I wouldn't take a breath, I'd turn blue and pass out. That's a true story.
1: That is crazy. But like Tutu. Yeah. Like yeah. Th- yeah.
0: You want to know what I was like when I was a kid? Basically,
1: Theo. Mm. Theo is David's yeah. youngest child. We'll get there. Keep going with conflict.
0: Um, So, you know, if, um, we had conflict or something, you know, I would blow up because my mom wouldn't let me go to the candy store or something. And I'd said, so, you know, I was embarrassed of how I act or whatever. We just like would like take a break and come back and pretend like it didn't happen. And it was all good. And Mm -hmm. so, and so I think, I mean, I think one of the things that I admired about my parents was that they did not argue in front of us. But one of the things that happened through that, I think was that, Um, I never learned how to argue well. And so I think that paired with just kind of an adverseness to conflict. um, And then my own personality put me in a spot where I just kind of learned, well, hey, like just pretend it didn't happen. And if you're still angry about it, whatever, just like bottle it down. Mm. Um,
2: Yeah. Would you say you're more like your mom or your dad? That's a great question. I would, uh, off the cuff, I would say more like my mom. Um, I'm
0: more emotional. um, I think that my dad... Uh, I have parts of my dad as far as like analytical brain. Um, he gave me some of his like engineering aptitude. Uh,
1: physical physical traits.
0: I mean, yes. I if if you see like my grandpa <laughs> and my dad and me and Theo, it's like I mean splitting images. Oh my gosh, like clones. Okay, splitting like a, spitting image or a splitting image. Yeah, that's what I meant.
1: It's a splitting image. It's a splitting image. Yeah. Is it called a spinning image? Spitting. Spitting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why. I feel like I learned so much.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. No, but me and my dad look identical, especially when I wear when I used to wear glasses. Like, like he showed up at church in Pittsburgh one time, and somebody was like,
1: "Hey, David, what?
0: Oh my gosh, that's not
1: David. That's- you used to wear glasses? No way. Yeah, I totally used to wear glasses. You also used to have like uh, the King Tut. That was chin hair. That was in college. <laughs> yeah, I had I had my beard
0: yeah. so long that I could braid it and put it in like a little like. One or two
2: reprobands.
1: Hey, if you become part of the uh, the Patreon, that be <laughs> that would be one of the items that we uh, give away. Yeah. Um. We also don't have a Patreon. Yes. True. <laughs> yes.
0: We could give away an authentic replica of my glasses I used to wear. <laughs> oh my gosh! They were they're uh, um uh, with the prescription
1: too. You yes, it's yeah.
0: it really low prescription. So I got them when um we had Liliana or we, I or we were. Uh, Megan was pregnant with Liliana and I was like I need to be able to see um, like at dawn and be super responsible adult because sometimes it's blurry far away when I'm driving at like dusk and so they're like and you know I mean they're trying to sell you glasses so they gave me like you definitely need a prescription but I haven't worn them for the last three years I've passed every driving test I have. I have but I look smarter with them
1: hmm. you look like a different person I do it's true, hmm. true. it's like the whole uh, Clark Kent um <laughs>
0: situation i think that in pittsburgh i really wanted to look smarter and i think i did i think i looked smarter you don't want to look smarter now i think i just don't care okay that's great i think that i um yeah i just don't feel the need to look smarter so
1: so going back to going back to your your childhood growing up i feel like most people um when they're kids they kind of like uh, run to something or do something that like you know their childhood kind of like identified or you know gave value to their childhood what What do you think that was like for you like when your childhood was like yeah this is cool. this is what I love this is what I ran to
0: so when we talk about childhood are we talking like like birth through high school whatever about? you
2: would identify as yeah. childhood for yourself
0: so it's, it is tough to in, in thinking about the podcast and trying to prepare to think through answers. Right. I do feel that it's interesting in that there's seasons of my life that I just don't think about. I don't talk about, I don't like, I forgot I lived, I feel like different people, right. Different seasons. So yeah, childhood can be, is, is relative. I think, I think family probably was, was as a child, I feel like, you know, growing up through like into high school there and, and even through high school, there's just, it was such a strong, like, Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're the Dutton crew. We do a lot together. Like that's kind of who we are. It's an identity. We're the the Duttons. Um, And then I think in, in, in junior high, I started playing football when everybody else was my size, right. Before they grew and became Mm. men and I stayed short. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and then I decided to play, I was like, somebody said you should wrestle to stay in shape for, football. Yep. And I found wrestling and and I just fell in love with wrestling. And, and so then for the rest of my height through so seven through 12th grade, that's definitely how I would identify as not just as an athlete, but as a wrestler. So, so it kind of like took over your life. It did. It was, I mean, I'm kind of obsessive as it is, but the one of the things I loved about wrestling was it seemed to be very, a very honest sport and a very controllable sport. So the, the, if you wanted to wrestle on the A team, you won the wrestle off. There's no politics in who got to wrestle. It was, if you're better than the other guy on your team, you got to wrestle. If you needed to make weight, um, that was completely controllable. You eat Mm -hmm. less or more and you made weight. Right. And then I had believed now it's not, There's other gifts and talents that come along with it. But I thought, well, if you want to work hard enough, you could be better. You could be as good as you could be the best wrestler if you worked hard enough. And so I think the honesty of that piece of it and it allowed it was kind of um, it was really helpful for me because I'm pretty sure I had ADHD. So a lot of the like it it allowed me to channel a lot of my energy and have a lot of focus and, and hyper focus on that but it also like, I mean, I would do, I, I loved it. Right. So I'd go my, you know, the guy who took me to, um, to school in, in the neighborhood, like after we'd, we'd wake up, go to school, um, do the practice, come home, eat a little bit. And then I go over to his house and we have like a second practice, like conditioning practice. Um, you know, I, I dumped in high school, I dumped two girlfriends for like wrestling. Cause I was like, Hey, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to have a girlfriend during wrestling season because I, I want to wrestle. I don't want to like like have a girlfriend, and so, yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good times, mm. but, yeah.
2: How do you think that's translated over into your life now? <laughs> um, so,
0: I think that that one of the reasons that wrestling stuck so much was my desire to win and my correlation between like winning and my value. So there's definitely times where, you know, I just think sit in a locker room thinking like, how good am I? And not just how, like how athletically gifted am I? But like, no, like how valuable am I really? If I give, if I leave everything out on the table and uh, you know, how like, What's my value based on how am I going to place in this? And I think, you know, growing up as an older brother, you know, I spent a lot of time with my younger siblings and and my, one of them in particular and, and would just play games. And I just get just livid mad if I, if I lost, you know, stuff where I'm like, look back now, I'm like, man, I'm just embarrassed. I couldn't be like, Hey, good job. Like you're, you you build my younger brother up. Right. But um, I think So I think that competition fed into wrestling. And I think that wrestling piece um, basically taught me about it during high school wrestling. There's a lot about the limits of your body, a lot about um, achieving your goals, uh, controlling, you know, your domain and being able to basically say, hey, if you're willing to pay the cost, you know, you can you can buy whatever you want, but you have to be willing to pay the cost so I think that that translated over into the business realm. Uh, I got I went into had a couple jumps, but then ended up pretty early in my career in a sales role where that was very similar to that yeah, athletic that career
1: yeah.
0: Um, and uh, unfortunately, some of the systems of it were reinforcing to that like, hey, you are as valuable as the number you sell, right? The system I was in was very much like, hey, these people sell the most and they're the most valuable. And, but if you work hard and work harder than the next person, you can also sell. And because it's so activity driven, um, that's, I was, I was like, Oh, this is a great spot for me. I'm, I will work harder than anybody else. I will continue to climb the ladder faster. And so I think that was one of the way it translated. Um, I think it also made things harder for me at later in life when, uh, I have multiple things that I'm trying to do because in high school I was, you know, like I, I didn't make any of my meals. I didn't have, I didn't have anything to worry about except for training for wrestling. And so as an adult, when, especially my, my capacity is, is bursting and it's like, well, I've got, I've got work, I've got, you know, kids, I've got marriage, I've got my, uh, you know, my, church duties i've got my friends i've got you know this relationship with god i've got you know and and i there i'm struggling with them i can't drop any of them whereas in wrestling i'd be like hey no we're gonna drop all this and this is the only thing i'm gonna focus on so i think i i think that it's definitely put a stamp on kind of the way i've oriented towards life for better or for worse does that make sense
1: no it totally makes sense because i think even even though, even the part where you were just like, "Yeah, I, I mean, I dumped those two girls just because it was wrestling season," like it was just like clear, like, "Oh, you know, wrestling's my thing that I'm hyper focused on, and nothing's gonna get in the way of that." Yeah. Um And yeah, I can definitely see how that get that can get super problematic when when you're an adult. Um, so, but but what happened when you know after high school when you know wrestling?
0: Yeah. Um, so my senior year, I decided towards the end of my senior year that I did not want to wrestle in college, that I wanted to try something different. Um, I, I felt like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this as my full-time job. I want to experience some other things. But I, at that point in time, I had said, I was like, okay, but I'm going to Ohio State. And so I, somewhere along there, I kind of freaked out and was like, well, if I'm not going to wrestle, who am I going to be? Mm-hmm. And so I called up the Ohio State wrestling team and they were like, Hey, yeah, you definitely could have been on the team if you had contacted us, like when everybody else did. But now, you, you know, you got to, you have to wrestle in this tournament and here's the details and stuff like that. And so I was training, um, going into college to be on the Ohio State wrestling team.
1: Well, wait, um, hold oh, on. So if you would have reached out to Ohio State earlier
0: they would have let me walk on for sure
1: yeah. oh wow I, I i mean so so you're that good i was like a, you sent them your huddle and you're like hey check out my i was like
0: check this out yeah check no i mean
1: middle.
0: it's so i was a d1 state placer right so yeah it was it was something that that in that class you're good like there's a real low risk for the team and and if you get them early they'd be like yep hey you're you're good enough to to help the team and uh if I really dedicated and grew, I could have maybe could have broke the lineup. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's, that would have been, I mean, I would have, that would have been a full-time job. I don't, I mean, you got to bar, barring injury, barring, I mean, Ohio States is even back then was top of the line program. So I have no, I I don't know if I would have been good enough to break the lineup ever. Right. But, but for my, for my pool back in high school, like, yeah, it was good. Um, but, uh, when we... Yeah, so I got to college and went to Ohio State. And the short of it is there were so many other things that immediately caught my attention that um, I thought, oh, yeah, I don't I don't need to be a wrestler.
1: You didn't, you didn't right. wrestle at the tournament?
0: So I did accidentally. <laughs> it's kind of... Did they like scheme you into it? They're like No, so I found a club wrestling team. So I think that and and I'm trying to like if I'm remembering right, so the details might be off, but if I remember right, they wanted me to do a club wrestling tournament, right? And and I was like, Yeah, this would be great, this would be awesome, whatever. But I, I think I missed the one that they wanted me to like they missed the first tryout, right? But the second one. Uh, they said, "Yeah, if you're interested at all at wrestling next year, you should wrestle in this tournament." And I was like, "Cool." I hadn't been on the mat for like a year. Like, is it a club wrestling tournament? Like, how hard can this be, right, dude? I tell you what, I got bodied walking in there, <laughs> like, and I was like, "So, so, but by a fluke." And it was this, it was this weird come to Jesus moment where I'm like, "I'm in college. I'm still kind of fit, but I, I, I got pinned." I, I got pinned once in my entire high school career and it was by accident i didn't actually think shouldn't have been on my back would, you know when' got pinned but i actually don't think it was an actual pin but but i did right so anyways i got pinned once in my high school career the very first tournament i go to club i got i get stuck like undeniably on my back stuck <laughs> and i'm like who am i what happened hmm. now i the one, one of and i and they took the six and it was a postseason tournament so the other thing i didn't know was I was like yeah i'm going this should be fun my buddy conned me into it we're like yeah let's go like let's yeah. look up my high school shoes but it's a postseason tournament it was like the qualifier for nationals for club wrestling and there's a lot of people like miami university doesn't have a, a wrestling team they have a club team so everybody that goes to miami that's good enough to wrestle on the uh went there went to the club team so i'm wrestling against these other like like you know other schools and so they take top five to go to nationals and i end up placing sixth in this tournament. Somebody bows out. So I, I luck into going to nationals. <laughs> so we fly to nationals. And by this time I'm training, and I go back to my coach. And I'm like, you got to teach me how to wrestle. Which by <laughs> the way, as a side note, I actually feel like I was the best wrestler because in high school, I just brute force gridded every, like I was so brute force. I will overpower you for you and outwork you, right? Yes. Just run you into the ground for six minutes and just tire you out. Cause I, but when I was in college, I didn't have the engine cause I'd been sitting on my butt and eating burritos for like months. <laughs> so I learned actually how to be smart. And so I went to this nationals tournament. I got third at nationals for this club team. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like, this is crazy. What is going on? That is so crazy. So yeah, so it was, it was just, it was fun. I mean, it was exactly the way you would think like a college club wrestling tournament would be. You know, we we go down to Texas, and the very first thing that happens is some dude jumps from one bed and does a flip onto the other bed, hits the other bed but wrong, and like scoots off it into this glass table and shatters the table. Door. <laughs> like I didn't even have my shoes off, and the, the table shattered. Like it's, it was, yeah.
1: So you you finished third in nationals,
0: yeah, but it's club and, nationals. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you talk to like somebody like you talk to Gully, right? gully would have won nationals no problem like he's a real college wrestler i was like a pretend college wrestler
1: okay so you pretended to college wrestle and then you're like hey you know i I don't want to do this
0: so early on in college so i i picked that up later in college because i was like hey it'd be fun to still be around it you know i saw a flyer for it, whatever
1: yeah early in
0: college a couple things happened one the first thing happened was like the first night i was there or the second night i was there everybody was meeting everybody because this is college dorm Yep. It's a co-ed dorm. And we had sand volleyball ter- um, courts right outside my dorm room. I was on North Campus. North Campus? Yep. Nice. Yep. Hauk House. And uh, I'm, I just, I remember, i remember going to knock on my door, right? I'm putting stuff in my way. And, and these girls came to my room. And they're in bathing suits. And they're like, hey, we're going to go
1: play beach volleyball. Yeah, Do you want to come play? They heard that the, you know, the guy that finished third yeah, at yeah. Club Nationals yeah. was on their floor. No, no But and I was like... like but i going to talk to this guy. I,
0: I'm basically a walking like like sack of hormones. Like I I have like I'm still I mean I'm basically an animal and I these these like you go into college and you think like all I, my only references like animal house and I just these girls all this, this gaggle of girls come to my room and I'm like oh a gaggle like, of girls yeah I just it was so foreign to me right it's just it just and and so that
1: ha- so So I started to... Before you continue, did you have any sort of facial hair at the time? These gaggles of women approached you. No,
0: of course not. I was a baby. So (laughs) one of the things they got upset about is... I mean, I had
1: a mustache at 14, so...
0: I was so... The proudest I was in high school was that they wouldn't pass my way in my senior year at um, districts because they said I had a mustache facial hair. Mm -hmm. And I was so... My my coach was mad. He was like... What is wrong with you? I was like, Coach, they said I had a
2: mustache.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like, you could, you jeopardize your way in because you have freaking, you like, so yeah, anyways.
2: But, um,
1: so the honeys came up to your door and they were like, Hey, yeah, Mr. Dutton, third, third place. Uh, yeah, they did they didn't know
0: that they were like recruiting the worst volleyball player on the face <laughs> of the world, but. Like that, I mean, I, I just remember within the first week of classes, because I was starting as an engineer and, um, I met a guy that, uh, part of the project was learning about other engineers and what they're doing. I learned about, I, I met with a guy and he explained to me how he was creating nanotechnology to cure cancer. And I was like, this is crazy.
1: What, what was he creating?
0: Nanotechnology. That's so crazy. yeah, basically like, like robots that are like smaller than cells or as small as cells that you that you can you can kind of program to I, attach and identify cancerous cells. So that might
2: be completely incorrect. but that the was that's what I remember about it, right? Like we have I, a
1: certified doctor, doctor.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's being used right now. At least, at the moment, at least not. In, he's still developing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But he was talking about it, and he was working on it. I was like, "This is crazy." And then I also met a guy that was like definitely on meth. Got kicked, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm in college. I can do whatever I want." Like, so the spectrum of like of opportunity. And in addition to that, within the first week, I filled out this. I filled out this. Um, it was a what was it? It was like survey because you're standing in line at one of the like places to eat. Yeah, and the guy's like, "Hey, we'll give you a free cup of coffee if you fill out the survey." I didn't like coffee, right? I didn't drink coffee at all.
2: But something was free. Oh, I was like, heck
0: yeah! So I filled out (laughs) for my room number, put on my name. So these two guys, Luke King and Mark Messenger, came to my room from Campus Crusade, and they were like, hey, you know, you fill out this survey. I was like, okay, cool. And they start talking to me, and they're like, hey, you know, do you go to church? And do you all stuff? And blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've always went to church and blah. And they said, hey. We're leaving to do this thing on Thursday night. We we have a whole group of people. It's a ton of fun. You should come. It's in our we'll meet you at the bottom of our dorm room. Um, you you should come out. I was like, cool. So I didn't have anything to do Thursday night. So I went with them to Campus Crusade and and that completely altered the like path of my life. So that I think those things combined, I think really changed and and started to attract me and get me interested into other things that allowed me to realize, Hey, I don't need to be a wrestler in college to be worthwhile.
1: Yeah. You you said in that, in that moment when Luke came and Mark, Mark messenger, Mark messenger, Mark, the messenger came up to your, to your dorm. You said you had some experience of like church and stuff. Like, was that like a good experience when you were growing up or?
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I, I went to church. So we were a very churched family and a very moral family. And so we went to church every Sunday. Um, and I think that again, what I took in, regardless of whether they're trying to put this out or not, but what I remember about it was that you, uh, if you are a good person yeah. that you could basically get the blessing of God. And, and that would mean that you're going to go to heaven. So that's secured. And then you could kind of, um, there was other ways to kind of manipulate your goodness. So you could get like the white picket fence kind of thing. Right. And so that's, I just remember now granted, um,
1: kind of like a judge, right? Like, or like, um, like a scale, like you do good kind kind of of like a scale, but more like a Santa Claus. Oh, okay.
0: Like, hey, he sleep, sees you when you're sleeping. Like, he knows if you're doing right and wrong and he's going to give you, like, the presents you want. Yeah, like, if, if you're, you're naughty gonna, and nice. Lips. Yeah, if you're naughty, you're, like, yeah. you're not going to get what you want.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. And and great people, super happy. I was raised in, you know, just a, a, a community that had a really good moral compass. I felt like, you know, they really looked after me, especially my between my junior and senior year of high school. Uh, a really good friend of mine named Trey passed away in a swimming accident, and mm-hmm. so it was really tragic. He was a year younger than me, and just just a fantastic guy. And so that was kind of my first dealing with a death that was really close to me, and then. On that summer, there was there at one point I think between like the next year or two, there was I went to like 12 funerals of people mm-hmm. that were wow. close. Now no family members, but yeah, direct neighbor, friend from church, um, girl from school that we had been to a camp together, wow. um, you know, uh coach, friend's little sister, um, my brother's it, it, like just the the list there was a lot of like wow, death. Hmm. Um, and so, especially because of, and and I think around Trey that, that it really cauterized kind of me realizing that life is precious and life is a gift and I want to take seriously. And so I think that that was, was probably the first kind of kick that I had into saying, Hey, I want to own this and I want to start to investigate. And then I think, uh, tour in between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, I did a uh, a prison ministry, which was was incredible to spend a lot of time in Marion Correctional Institute with the guys there. And um, I think that really kind of sparked me thinking that maybe this this Bible and this Jesus guy are not like limited to what I experienced at my home church. Yeah. You know, not they just say, hey, maybe there's maybe there's more to it than what I had just experienced growing up. And so I think, um, yeah, so that was, I mean, that's kind of, that's my journey is, and then I, in college, going to uh, a Campus Crusade um, and seeing people that, one, seeing people that were cool, right? Seeing people, normal people, because I think that, you know, a lot of the, what I grew up with was like just assumptions of, oh, that's a Christian, right? You know, that guy's, he's not cool. He's super like, you know, corny, doesn't have any fun. And it's just like, yeah. you know, this, this box and I think seeing people that, that were real people that, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 we, I we talk about it for a while, but I, that was that, and, and I know this isn't a, a podcast about Christianity, but I just, I felt like that, that was a big piece of my life is to see that, to see something that I was like, actually, I want that. Like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And for I was first time that I saw that was what I want. And, and to, to. It was paired with a moment in my life that I had all kinds of responsibility and I was starting to take real ownership of my life. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the things that I, that I just latched onto that I was like, hey, this is something that I want to do with my life. And so it really changed. I, going into college, I thought, well, you know, hey, I'm, everybody uh, everybody lives this college lifestyle. Everybody, um, and, and I want to be an engineer. I want to move a block away from my parents and I'm going to have kids and we're going to live on the same street. This is the house that, and this is what I want to be. And then um, getting to college and and I felt like my life had kind of been turned upside down because I, you know, at one point I actually wanted to quit and become a, a missionary to Africa. And I thought, I don't need a, you know, degree to hold babies. And we took, you know, took trips around the world, been to um, Middle East and uh, China and India and just seeing so much and just expanding my understanding of the world. I think it really, it just, it changed my trajectory and my my view of, of what was possible. Yeah. If that's makes sense.
1: But what what suck you then to still keep it with engineering then? Instead of like, you know, going along with like you wanting to continue to be a missionary.
0: Um <laughs> I was too far deep into my engineering degree and a I civil knew civil engineer. Yeah, I knew that. That if I got my civil engineering degree and just got the receipt with my degree, <laughs> that um that could help me be that that would be as helpful as a degree in theology or, yeah. you know, that, that I could do those things too. But I had, I had so many years in engineering that it just, you know, it was
2: it, it, better ROI to finish it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Better ROI.
2: So in college, mm-hmm. where does Megan fit into this? Oh, <laughs> So was she one of the, was she one of
1: those girls? Those girls that? Is, know, is knocked on the
2: door. <laughs> she was one of those girls. She was. was. Um, so she, Megan, who, who is Megan? Megan's my wife. Oh, okay. Just she's, for the listeners who don't know.
0: Megan's my best friend. Um, the um,
1: number one best friend.
0: She's <laughs> the number one best friend. And, and I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I was, I was thinking about these questions. So Megan also is really good for me. Right. And I'm like, a, like a, like a I'm a stupid romantic, right? I, I watched the notebook and cry. That's just, it's hey, hey, my those, jam. Those
1: aren't stupid romantics. Those are the best romantics.
0: So, cause m- I'm one of those guys too. <laughs> <laughs> Megan comes up to me the other night and she's like, you know, I always go to bed before her. And so she comes, she comes, walks into the room and instead of sleeping, I'm lying in bed crying <laughs> because I'm thinking about prepping for this podcast. She's like, David, what is going on? I was like, I'm just so thankful that like you are my wife and my best friend. And we've been married for 13 years. She's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, so she, anyways, um, she, so I met her, her freshman year. She came out to church and, and this is a little funny. It, it's a little surreal for me because I, I think that I have typically very, some area of life, very low self-awareness. That, that some areas of life I feel like I'm, yeah, very self-aware. She's like, yeah, I came in and this like crazy redheaded guy, because at the time I had long hair too. Like, like yeah. Patriot, like could put in a, a bun like a.
1: <laughs> but you also had face wire too. I did. I had, well, I had the
0: bottom. I couldn't grow the top Yeah, mustache. you had the King touch. Yeah. And I'm like, hey. So the way she tells it is, hey, I'm David. How are you? Like, welcome <laughs> to new life. Like, yeah, what's your name? You know? And I was like, I, was like, I don't even remember meeting you what like, year was this again this was would have been 2005 I think <gasps> but I like honestly the first time she met me I don't I mean I was greeting right but I don't remember meeting her so I'm gonna pay
2: for saying you were that like, you were like but
1: MTV like <laughs> bro guy oh gosh
2: I was kind of bro guy with nasty hair and facial hair. so all the dudes thought my hair was amazing
0: all the girls thought it was gross <laughs>
1: it's the same way now with all these dudes with the mullets man yeah
0: totally I'm like bro that's amazing Girl, except, yeah. except
1: I think I could grow a pretty sweet Mold.
0: you could you totally could
1: i totally could but then again I there's a girl before. in my life who's like yeah. no that's disgusting <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: um so i met her she did think my hair was disgusting um we met through church and she got kind of she got placed into my bible study right and so i was the leader of the bible study conveniently placed conveniently like placed you but you at the time <laughs> Well, at the time I was like, Hey, Jesus, you can't like, I don't want to ruin this Bible study. So I can't be romantically. And and at the time early on, I thought, Hey, i have been chasing girls for so like as so big of part of my life that I had chosen to say, you know what? You're going to date
2: Jesus. I'm going
0: to, (laughs) well, I didn't say that, but it was basically as corny. I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm just not going to have a
2: girlfriend for a while. Right. And so. I remember what all the people in college said that. I did go on dates with Jesus. Everybody said that. Mozart's cafe. Like you're just bitter.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I I was like, you know what? Because I remember a time where, you know, I'd be hanging out with some friends and all we talked about was girls and who we liked and whatever. I was like, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be. And so I was like, and, and it was a big part of what made me feel valuable was if, if I could get some girl's smile or I could get some girl's number or if I could, you know, like spit game to this person or whatever, you know. And so a lot of that was like like one of my prom dates was like it was a bet that I couldn't get some girl from Bishop Hartley, to, which turns out she's a sweet, great girl. She's a great girl. But like we met her at a, a Olive Garden and I went over and was like started talking to her and got her number and she
2: went to prom with me.
1: Right. I have so many questions about that. That is like Olive the Garden. whitest high school story
2: I've ever heard. The whitest? Yeah. Also,
1: ooh.
2: Olive Garden. I yeah. I don't know why they were at Olive Garden. I don't know why I was at I was at Olive Garden. Yeah,
1: I you love Olive Garden. Were you white. there with your family, or were you there with the guys?
0: I don't remember. Because you were, pr- I think it was guys. casually hitting all.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't white remember. people. I think I <laughs> it's not like the three of us are gonna be like, you know what? Sounds awesome. Olive Garden. <laughs> there, I tell
0: you what, there was a time in Pittsburgh where I ate Olive Garden all the time. It was my jam. It was my place. People were like, hey, you want to go? And, and you know what? Like me. And, and because first of all, you just unlimited soup bread- and salad, right? <laughs> That's Second of all, breadsticks like a champ. Third of all, chicken parm. Fourth of all, every time there was a really obnoxiously endearing way to get basically a brick of those mints. Hey, <laughs> those annie's mints are pretty annie's cool. mints every time if you would go to me i'd be like hey here's the deal my friend luke really likes these mints can you give us a ton of them please I'm, i don't mean to be obnoxious and the waiter or waitress would be like
1: oh yeah totally you're gonna give me a great right tip
0: and they give me a brick of them i give you one and i take the rest <laughs> of
1: them weren't we talking about uh carabas recently <clears throat> yeah dude i will say carabas is better than olive garden olive garden has got yeah, gotten
0: stuff it's horrible. just memories i just
2: i just i loved it and i don't anyways right with Adam, that's what you're talking. Yeah, about. with Adam.
1: Yeah. Shout out, Adam.
2: Yeah. Um, the point
0: of it is that for me, I, at the point I met Megan, I was like, no dating, right? Just because I had imposed that on myself.
1: But you thought she was cute,
0: so I knew she was attractive, right? I met her, and I was like, yeah, right. And but I I tried so really hard to like shut that part of my mind off, right? And so this is actually an. You may judge me for this, right? I, I don't know. I feel like it's a weird uh, story. judge you for something. No, uh,
1: listeners, leave a comment if you're judging
0: them. Okay. Hold on a second.
1: We'll, we'll set up a poll.
0: Zevia, not, not a sponsor. Yep. <laughs> um, so I met her. We started planning the Bible study. I went on a trip around the world that summer. And when I came back, I was convinced that I was never going to be married. And it was not just that I was never going to be married. It was that there's no way that I could have a spouse and... Love Jesus with all my heart. I just, i was like, not possible, right? And so it went to the point where, like, I was talking. <laughs> I just—I I just is an idiot. I just didn't know anything about the world. But we're we're doing Bible. St- I'm trying to think of what we were doing. We were hanging out in the dorm. We took a bunch of people to go sledding in these two cars. And on the way back, all the boys piled into one car, and they stuck me in the car with Megan. And I was like, guys, they're not cool.
1: Uh, I got I to gotta yeah. hang
0: with this girl. Like, this is not cool. So we're driving back. We're parked down in front of my house on East Patterson, which is North Campus, Ohio State. We're talking. And there's a point in the conversation where I realized, I was like, oh, snap. You're flirting. She likes me. <laughs> it was not just like, and I was being, I mean, I, I was like, just being kind. Like, I'm just talking, right? But she's asking questions. She's like, hey, like, she's fishing, right? And she's like, hey, tell me you like me without telling me like, and I got out of the car and I was terrified because I I was like, I don't know how to interact with women. And so I've just basically dealt with that by like, you know, pretending it doesn't exist. And so now I've got to like deal with this. What if, what if, you know, what if she likes me and I tell her like, we can't date because of the Bible study or what if even worse, I like her, what happens? And so that week I was like, what am I going to do? So I like asked a bunch of people and Ed actually, you know, Ed, yeah, like, yeah. He like he was like, he's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You fall in love, have a bunch of kids. Right. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> right? That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. exactly what happened. Um, and I, I think that I really, at that point in time, I appreciated the fact that she had, she had a mission with her life, right? That she, I thought I was like, cause at that point in time, I thought for sure I was going to be, I was going to live overseas and teach English to, uh, you know, uh, a third world country, right? And I was like, I, would entire she... Entire a third world country. I
2: Exa- entire... I mean, I was also super prideful, right? But <laughs> I thought... they call developing countries. Well, develop, sorry. Third That's, world countries. Is that It's oh, not third world. Dang. It's developing countries. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm
1: from a third world country. I'll give you the,
2: I'll give you the blessing. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh,
0: so, I thought, would she, like would she move to China and sleep on the floor for me? And I thought, I don't know if she would for me, but if that's what God wanted her to do, absolutely she would. And I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, well, let's see where this journey goes, right? And so naturally I said, hey, I approached her, you know, I said, hey, I'd like to take you on a date. And she's really? (laughs) And I said, yes. And then we decided- (laughs) She wasn't expecting it? She was, she's expecting it. Yeah. She'll tell us a story, she's like- she, when she, first met me, she didn't like me because I was annoying. And then, um, like she one day woke up and I was like, and one of her friends is like, you like David. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I like David.
1: This <laughs> <laughs> you <know, it's> Before, <laughs> before, after the, the Patterson love romance car, car flirting.
0: That sort. was before romance car flirting. That conversation was what prompted the Patterson car flirting.
1: Oh, and were so, you flirting first or was she?
0: Flirting? She
2: was flirting first. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yep. I can yep. see that. Yeah. Cause she's like, or hey, I could see you doing it unintentionally and not like real. I can it. see you probably doing it at the same time. Right. Yeah. So I
0: obviously, yeah. So I would not pass up the fact that I might've subconsciously flirted. Right. <laughs> but, and, and I'm not trying to be like, Hey, like I'm the best. Right. Cause I, I honestly think that the fact that I was clueless about it probably helped my case because if yeah. I wanted to date her. I mean, I, I probably could have screwed that. I probably would have screwed that up. Right. Mm. But but she like she liked me. I asked her out on a date. We went to Bob Evans.
1: What?
2: Yes. <laughs> Again, white. Bro, yeah, but first it's great. Olive
1: Garden, now Bob Evans.
2: <laughs> What's next, Denny's?
1: <laughs>
0: I love Devons. <laughs> Here's where like my um This might this is where you might judge me. I was like, hey, um I I wanna date Oh! Is that, I, is that? I brought a guest star in. No way! Oh, it is. Megan, Megan. Okay, okay. All the kids are up there like, how are you? How are you? How are you? no, okay I
3: don't think they can.
0: Audience, Pod, audience we have a guest star on the podcast and how how perfectly timed. Megan, we were just starting to talk about how we met. Megan,
1: I, I have a question. We're talking about the moment when you were at East Patterson in the car with David. Mm. was he after fl- the sledding yeah was okay. he flirting or were you flirting who flirted first
3: i mean i remember a lot of times on east patterson oh,
2: oh. oh.
3: <laughs> okay
1: so the, so that is true Plenty. but the first
0: time before we were dating
3: okay like
0: we drove back it was the first time that like we weren't like i mean
3: you before. say i i was flirting and i always say you you were the one hitting on me but oh really yeah I don't remember. See, no, I remember that. The truth answer. comes yeah,
0: out. Maybe, maybe I was. I just remember sitting in the car with you and you being like, and me being like, oh my gosh, she likes me. I'm terrified. She likes me.
1: <laughs> what were you thinking?
3: I mean, I remember like denying her a while that I liked him. I was like, no way. No way. you I like don't the like man like that him.
1: had a King Tut thing on his chin. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was
3: like, no way. No, I hate it. Everyone knew. All my friends knew I hated his hair. Never like, <laughs> never liked any of that. But then it was like. Oh no, I dang it, I do like him. So, <laughs> like,
1: yes. so like, what happened at Bob Evans?
3: Oh, that's when he basically said, I am the next girl that I date, I want to marry. So, will you date me? I was like, whoa. So, you're asking me to date you, but basically to marry you at the same time. So, I was like, oh. Yeah.
0: She didn't yeah. know anything. And she's yeah. like, oh, I guess this is how like all the Christians are. Like, you got to yeah. pretend, you, mm-hmm. you got to see yourself dating, yeah. marrying the person you date. Yeah. But unbeknownst to her, she basically said yes to marry me at Bob Evans. Yes. yes.
2: So that's, that's when we... new yeah. like, slide dog. I, I decepted <laughs> her. You decepted
1: her. Yes.
3: <laughs> Never dated an upstanding, you know, Christian moral guy like that. I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, oh, okay. And You're he opened the in. door for me all the um, time. Yeah.
0: Well, I, so. I feel like... So all my previous relationships were very, very self-focused. I would meet somebody. I would say, oh uh i like the way that you make me feel and so i want to be with you and then in th- when that ended of like hey i don't i don't feel loved anymore then i would i would stop like we'd break it up right but this was the first time where i thought i don't want to um i don't want this to be a completely self-focused relationship where Uh, I'm, I'm using you to make me feel good about myself. And so I wanted to have a level of saying, Hey, I, I want, I want to walk towards marriage. I want to walk to, I want to see if we could be married. Right. And I want to, I want to love you in a way that actually is a caring about you for you rather than caring about you so that you talk to me in a certain way so that I feel
1: good about myself. Mm. If that makes sense. Well, what was it like, Megan, dating David in college? Mm.
3: It was fun. I mean, he was like, you know, he's like that fun, spontaneous. I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. He he did bring out the fun in me because I am a little bit maybe more of the reserve. Like I think things through um, where he's just like, no, let's just do it. And he pointed out things like that I never noticed before. I mean, it maybe sounds like a little cheesy now, but like. I think one of the ways that we really like fell in love, he would like walk me home and he'd point out like, oh look, it just rained. Like, look at these like trees and how like the drops of water fall
2: on the It's such a sap. was you like, are such It was a gorgeous. Sap. It's, it's like the sweet middle sweet. of the oh night my and you got these
0: street lights. And I'm like, dude, this is better than a movie. Oh my God. You got the gosh. snow and the street lights and I'm just like, I'm not this lie. Is I'm, incredible. I'm hundred percent with David
2: here. Yeah. I'm very incredible. Much so I am too, but <laughs> I have to like I have to like judge myself by judging him. But
1: uh, oh no, it's eight o'clock!
2: Wow, eight o'clock already! Wow.
1: So, so David, when you you're dating Megan, you basically married her at Bob Evans. Yep. <laughs> it's out, Truth's out. So when when did you make it official? Like when was it? Like you're like, hey, oh my I gosh. actually want to marry you.
0: So. This happened, and I'm trying to think and talk while I'm, like, watching the clock like a hawk to oh, make yes. sure I can get into the 6 o'clock class tomorrow. Um, basically, we knew, so...
3: Do you me to answer this. Why don't you answer this, Because
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just mesmerized by this I bonus. mean, you
3: asked me to date you at Bob Evans, but then... For me, it might have been a different time than you. Like, when did I really know I wanted to marry you? I mean, I remember listening to a sermon um, by a guy that was crucial in our life at the time. And- it, Is it Ed? No, we love Ed. Ed was, Ed was the other main crucial guy. This guy, different guy. And he, it was a good sermon. I mean, it was like, basically, I remember thinking like, made you think what's really important to you and what are you willing to give up and made me think, are we on the same mission together? And does, does everything else really not matter? As long as we're on the same mission, the other stuff just kind of falls into place. And it made me think, are we on the same mission? It was getting me like fired up for like this mission we can do together. And he wasn't even talking about marriage, I don't think. He was just talking about maybe like the Christian life in general and what it might look like. And um, yeah, I just remember thinking, yeah, so we're on the same mission. This other stuff. I think I was thinking that if I made like a pros and cons list, all that mm. stuff doesn't really matter as much that we're going to do life together. And that's
1: the, the, main the cons being his facial hair. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah so the, he did change some of that along the way. I think for me, maybe now it's just a mustache. It's just changed throughout the years. Yeah. We actually should show pictures somehow. Of the his, pros his hair throughout the year.
1: The pros being that you could state that he was the the third qualifying National champ at the club (laughs) wrestling tournament at Ohio State club wrestling tournament. Yeah, he had
3: a man bun for a while. He had that lion
1: Yeah, Yeah. hey Patreon, if you if you stick around, (laughs) Megan will release some. Oh my gosh, some vintage photos of Mr. Dutton. We don't have a Patreon yet.
0: (laughs) Yet, well, I I remember that. So when when we were graduating, um, and I say we loosely because um, the whole we had a graduation party, and everybody got in a picture. And shortly after we told my mother-in-law that I actually was not graduating that year. Um, (laughs) Like it was a big, it was a, it's another story that would take an entire podcast, (laughs) but like, I I think there was so much, so much of like, what am I going to do with my life? So much responsibility, so much of like, and, and because I a kind of helicopter parented right there's are certain areas of my life that i thought my parents did a really good job mm-hmm. hey we want to want to help you be a person who we'll own this piece i want you to help you develop this spirit. but there's a lot of my life that like i felt like i was doing a bad thing when i got my own uh, bank account as like a sophomore in college because like oh i didn't tell them like i got my own bank account like you know what yeah so there's certain things that are like wow. big blind spots where i was able so saying that I didn't handle being responsible with anything very well, and this was a huge piece where I was like, "I need to own this. I know that there's a cost to being responsible, to asking this girl to be my wife and spending the rest of the life with me." Is this and it's just like this this paralyzing fear of what if I made the wrong decision? Like, is this the right decision or this wrong decision? And I think that that for better, for worse, no, definitely for better, not for, for worse. sicker. for poor. Yeah. But yeah. what? Well, yeah. For sicker, for poor I, I think that the sense that, you know what? The big pieces are in place. We know what we want to do with the rest of our lives. And I know that I want to do it with Megan. And so everything else we have to figure out anyways. So let's just, let's figure it out along the way. Wow. And then we, uh, she graduated. So before my senior year, right before the summer for my senior year, I was like, this is the short version. Hey, um, advisor, what do I need to do to graduate? This is what you need to do. Cool. Put me in these classes. Awesome. I get three jobs to pay for this ring. We get the ring. I ask her to marry me. She says yes. Everybody's excited. I I, I uh, go back and say, hey, what do I need to do to graduate? She says, oh, you can't graduate because you're not in this class. I was like, not what you told me before, but was there anything we can do? You're like, well, we'll put you in thermodynamics three weeks into the class. I was like, let's do it, right? So we did that. I come back, you know, at the end, hey, I need to apply to graduate. She's like, we messed up again. I was like, not no we, way. you. I went to the dean. She fed me a line that I believed. And I was like, yep, cool. So I, I'm not going to graduate, right? So we're planning this wedding. Um, she thought she had a job locked up. Uh, so when we got married, well, and part of, part of one of my jobs was renovating this house that my, uh, an old boss owned because he was going to give me a half off rent. So we had a house lined up for like dirt cheap that we were going to rent on Ohio state's campus. And, um, so we get married. I don't have a degree. Neither one of us have jobs but we got this place. So we get back from our honeymoon and we're just sitting in this house. Like, okay, like what are we going to do? <laughs> right. So I always, I always try to tell that story to people that are about to be married because I feel like from an outside looking in, you could take a snapshot of our lives and be like, Oh my gosh, these guys, like these guys got it. And I was like, dude, when we, when we came back to the house, first of all, like it wasn't all renovated. So like, she was like, like the bathroom didn't even have drywall on it yet. like, in the tub do you remember how you remember that that you were like david i can't take a, a shower in here because there's
3: the like we don't have any drywall i'm not, <laughs> not gonna take a shower in the dirt and you were like why not yeah there's just dirt in the shower yeah. I'm like it's a dirty shower yeah. <laughs> like
0: blind spot <laughs> <laughs> um, that should be another thing
1: that we should token oh, blind spot oh, yeah.
0: no i have all kinds of things where you like if we find them and i tell you you'd be like what <laughs> like you don't brush your teeth Like, what is wrong with you, right? Uh, I also don't brush my teeth.
3: That was a big part of marriage counseling, trying to get him to brush his teeth.
0: No (laughs) way. Marriage succeeded, teeth brushing failed. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) at all? I mean, every once in a while I do. I don't know, just not at the rate that other people do.
3: It. If Casey's a- listening to this as dentist, but every time I go to the dentist, they're like Please, teeth look great. Keep doing what you're terrible. doing. Tell <laughs> I look him sweet. it's either terrible.
0: Um, <laughs> oh my God. yeah, we we basically and we didn't have any furniture, so we ate. We had these like folding chairs that and a and a a plastic like drawer container that we had our first meal on, and we had um we had these side gifted utensils that we were. It was just like
3: but. Wasn't my
0: dad really kind too? Oh, your family—you—you must have dated some bums because (laughs) the bar was so low when I came to the family. Your family treated me like royalty,
3: like. Like
0: Oh my gosh. I, I think back about it now and I'm embarrassed. Like I thank them <laughs> anytime I can. Cause we, cause I was so excited because I was renovating this house. I was like, I'm preparing this place for your daughter. And he's like, I want to see it. I was like, yeah, come on. And Megan's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> so we have to step over things to get in this house because this house is a 1200 square foot house. We ripped down every ceiling. Every ceiling was this horse, horse hair plait laugh plaster we ripped it all down we ripped the entire kitchen out we ripped the entire bathroom upstairs out we stand resanded every single floor new trim we're talking like renovated like renovated renovated right it was unlivable when we started and he saw it at its worst <laughs> not at the beginning when all the pla- all the walls were still up but at the middle when we were just about done taking everything down before we were putting everything up And he's looking around thinking, my son doesn't have a, Or my son-in-law doesn't have a degree, doesn't have a job. His answer to anything, I'm like, hey, what's going to happen? I'm like, well, we could just get jobs at Starbucks. We live off that, right? I did work at Starbucks. (laughs) Great job. Good benefits. But like, you know, you don't, you're not talking about a kid with a proposal package that you give, you know, like you're, you're talking about like a, um, I'm talking about a kid with n basically like, yeah, we'll just figure it out. We'll just grit it out, right? You know, we'll figure it out. So um the so that being said, he like he, I could tell on his face that he was like kind of like, okay, um, I, I can see how this is gonna be nice. So <laughs> this I is okay. crazy. Okay, he was just so kind. And they were so excited to press to be married. Like when I when I asked it, I went, I drove out that way to ask him. We, we sat, there was one of the only times I remember him crying. Two of us sat across the table and cried and it was just like, it's fantastic. So.
1: Wow. Yeah. And then you had three kids.
0: And then we had three kids. <laughs> yeah.
1: We will um, take a quick commercial
0: break. I will go
3: get those kids. They're being loud.
0: Quick commercial break. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Are we back? I think we're back.
1: Audience, okay, we're, we're back. back from a quite productive uh, break, <laughs> yeah. but um, I, David, I feel like you know we we should transition from from your life to maybe something that you know you're learning or or I feel like something you could teach us now. Are we gonna get learned? We should get learned. No okay. get learned. So I'm gonna need your guys' help
0: with this. Okay, oh,
1: audience participation.
0: Audience or participation.
1: Audience, you know what to do. Comment.
0: Um, <laughs> yes. So. I this is actually a harder question than it would appear because currently I I sell printers right <laughs> basically is what I do and nobody wants to hear you so when you say hey what are you going to teach us like my profession I actually am really excited about it it's actually kind of magical how printers work and it is it's incredible I, but that's the thing though it's like I don't want to talk for like 50 minutes about the zero graphic process which is there's also never mind. So okay, stop. So <laughs> you could talk about your career and and your your core competency, which some people, I'm like, dude, I want to hear that. That's fascinating. You could also talk about like something that you te- like, hey, here's a hobby, right? Or you could talk about like philosophy or talk. And so I'm talking with my brother in law and I'm like, hey, what would you teach? And he's like, I don't know. What would you teach? And I was like, shoot, I don't know. And I told him after thinking about it, I thought, I'm reading this book. I would share what I'm learning from this mm-hmm. book. And so that's what I want to share on here. However, this book in and in of itself, so it's called Uncommon Ground. It's by uh, Timothy Keller and John Inazu. Um, it actually has 12 different authors in it. I'll tell you a little bit about the structure of it. But it's about uh, finding common ground with people that you deeply disagree with. And so as I share what I'm learning, I need your help in either asking me if I'm not making any sense at all. Or like, um, being able to uh, get me to help pronounce or like, it just help, help me get it out. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Because this book found me right. Or I found it in the middle of COVID when everything, I felt like everything was on fire and the entire world was just filled with outrage and talking about, um, COVID politics, race, you name it. It just, everything was so divisive. And it felt like to me that I didn't have a home that I thought, man, every conversation I have, there's two options. And I don't, I don't really, it's, and they're all polarized. It's just all or nothing. And so I don't where there's gotta be something else. I picked up this book. It was super helpful in a couple of things. One and get letting me know that there's another, there's another option, right. And also giving me hope that I can live, with people that i disagree with and we can disagree better that the answer in the world is not to for everybody to agree but for everybody to be better at disagreeing. so um my thought was is that i wanted to talk a little bit about just the 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 book as a the plan of the book book um you know book review type of thing and then talk about the principles of the book and then give an example of how it's really like rocked my world Mm. is that not fair
2: but no, that makes sense. It's okay. your podcast; do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> um, so the book, it it basically, and as a as a as a I don't know a public service announcement, it is a Christian book. But one of the reasons that I'm I, I was like, no, I definitely want to teach on that is I think that I would recommend it to Christians and non Christians equally because I think the principles in it, I think the conversation in it, I think is super helpful regardless of of what your beliefs are. Right, but the first question of it is: Hey, Are you don't read us the book. I'm going to read you the entire book.
2: <laughs> well, the, the
0: <laughs> it's talking about engaging with those around us. How can Christians engage with those around us while respecting people and keeping our convictions? Right, and so it talks about being able to say, Hey, there is another way we can engage with people, and not in the manner of we're going to take over, right? Because that's one view of say, Hey, we need to overpower the other side, right? Um, or a like, um, basically a withdrawal, say, Hey, we're not going to engage. Basically we're going to create a commune or the method of engagement where you're saying, Hey, well, we're just going to basically accept whatever you accept and just kind of assimilate to whoever's talking to me. Right. Because no, how do we do both? How do we engage while we're truly appreciating the other person and disagreeing at the same time? Right. So it's built on saying, Hey, there's three, it's a it, it's exploring these three different pillars how to ha, uh, how to embody humility patience and tolerance mm. and it's actually right out of a, a verse in the Ephesians saying hey we should walk in a manner worthy of our calling having humility patience and tolerance and so what it does is it takes 12 people's stories and split and has them tell their stories and, and there's three sections there's the the speak the, uh, or the think, speak, and embody. So it says, how does humility, patience, and tolerance affect the way we speak in our engagement? How does humility, patience, and tolerance affect the way that we think in our engagement? And how does humility, patience, and tolerance affect the way that we embody our engagement? Right. And I know I mix those up because it's, it, think is first and then speak. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, But I, I, the, those three principles, exploring those by themselves, I think is incredibly helpful. So humility from the very first piece, I think that that has probably been the one that's rocked me the most. Because when you enter into a discussion, especially one that's hard, right? And regardless of where you do this, because whether you're saying, hey, I'm at a, walking into my family gathering and I hear somebody bang, rah, 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 and automatically, how do you feel, right? Or you're at, you're on Twitter or you're doing this or however you get into this, you know, what could be a really contentious time when you have humility, you're, there's, there's two or three things that come with that. The first is, is that you realize that you don't know everything, right? And I think that's hard for humans in general, but especially for me, the realization to say, hey, you know what, if we're arguing, I have to admit that I don't know everything and you might know more about this than me right or you might know something about it that I don't know And walking into that conflict with that has been incredibly helpful.
1: Yeah and I think too with that it's like shifting your your point of view is not ultimate because I think like inherently for people it's we're the center of the world um, but that's not always the case and that we might we might not see someone else's point of view or what they're going through. Because we're so caught up in us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When I think, I think sometimes emotions run so hot. I think that it's so, and, and I, it is a little bit of a throwback to, you know, probably the best advice I got in marriage. Um, if you were to boil it down to a single sentence was, if you have to be right, you're going to ruin the relationship. Right. And so it, it, it completely works in a marriage is that if you're during your argument, if you have to be right, you're going to, you're going to poison the, the marriage. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Right. And that in and of itself can sometimes take a lifetime to work out of you. Hmm. And I think that same piece, when you're looking at people that, you know, and and it becomes harder if you don't like the person or what they're saying is incredibly offensive to you to say, hey, you know what? If I have to be right here, I'm going to ruin this relationship. Uh, I think the other thing is that, is to realize that, you know, hey, if like, I also have things that I do wrong. So I think it's it, that the reality of like, hey, like if, if the, if this person is wrong about this or or is mistaken and not to say there is a right and wrong and everything, but like realizing from a humble state to say, hey, I I may not have this right. And there's I know there's things that I have wrong and taking that aspect of going to learn. And that goes right into that second pillar of patience, which says, hey, hey, we're going to uh, uh, promoting listening and understanding and being able to go into it to actually hear somebody else out. Rather than to try to convince somebody that you're right or to try to, you know, basically beat somebody over overhead or win. Because I think that's sometimes where when I get fired up, I don't actually want to listen and understand more about their. I don't actually want to convince them that I'm right. What I want to do is I want to make them look silly. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that the, the humility and the patience in that, I think, allows you to take a posture where you can embody that. And I think the second, the, the, that third pillar of embodiment is something that to be able to say, you know, Hey, are we like, are we doing the hard work of distinguishing people from ideas and pursuing relationships? And I think that that embody piece of when you take a look at these hard issues, it's not just, am I, am I, wanting to sit from the sidelines and basically like shoot these pot shots of like hey this is this idea or this is like almost like it's a math equation of like hey like ha, i have the right answer or, i have the right theory and you know and then go back to my life mm-hmm. or am i willing to basically pursue a relationship mm-hmm. to take this posture of humility to walk into your world and understand and sit with you and embody the you know what I believe about life to you, right? And so, I think those pillars have been have been transformative to me because I I read it and and I guess I'll pause. You guys have any questions before I go into like like the example?
2: Yeah, I actually do. Yeah. So did the did the book at all did, uh, talk about when you approach like say you apply these principles? Like it sounds like you have you apply these things to do yourself. yourself. And you go into these conversations with people and you, you know, you do all of these things, but the person that you are interacting with wants none of that. Like they are just, they, they, they don't want to, you know, embody. They don't want to, mm. you know, they don't want to like speak in the way that you're speaking. They don't want to engage with you on that level. Does it talk about that? Um,
0: so the format of this book is people telling their stories and so there's many examples of that of people stepping out and um, taking that posture, and the person on, uh, that they're engaging with is it does not, you know, okay. it's it's not really a prescriptive philosophy book of saying, "Hey, sure. here's you know." So it does give some stories and does talk about it. It talks about doing the hard work of. Of live, of tolerance, of living, and knowing there are going to be people that don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, there are going to be people that that and 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 so I I think the the direct answer is kind of okay. It does. It's not deep. It doesn't have a deep focus on that. But it okay. So I'm just curious if it addressed it at all. It it definitely it definitely talks about yeah. It talks about that. Hmm. So. Um. Any questions from you, Mr. Sharbaby? Baby? No, I. mr sharp baby mr
1: sharp baby i don't think i have any questions um but i'm definitely starting to see like uh it playing out of like you talked about the humility part but i think the part where you talked about like um where people are just kind of like throwing in the right answers um yeah when i think when you're in a conversation where someone is just like trying to get their point across and they see their point as ultimate uh or like the right answer man it it, there is no um, deep relationship or there's no depth in that conversation. Um, because I, I'm just trying to think about like, man, if I'm having a conversation with someone like that, there's no way of building any relational capacity in that relation, like in that conversation, yeah. just very like black and white. I'm, you know, you, know, you basically bring up something. I answered boom, done. Yeah. You know, even though like it's because that person sees their point as ultimate. goes back to the humility part so everything's tracking it's making sense yeah
0: when i think i think one of the actually the fascinating pieces went tying into this podcast is that the first time i listened to our podcast it felt like the media and experience that i was taking in from the audio in my car was different than what i actually experienced in our time and so it was only one facet and it was and it was edited right so like I think that the reality of human engagement and the limitations of media also play into to some of the challenges.
1: Yeah. But so you're saying we need to go do a live tour?
0: I actually <laughs> think I do think that for Hogtober we should have a a live podcast. A live pod-
1: like holy crap! Yeah, that'd be sick. yeah.
0: So, um, but and, and I'm going to tell this next story because it, I think it really illustrates. How this book has affected my life, but I'm gonna try to leave out some details because I think that there's some stories in here that are not mine to tell. And I ask that if you do have any questions about this or any anything about this, that that go ahead and approach me and just you know pause the judgment on me, I guess, if if that if that makes sense, right? And so if I'm not making sense, be like David, hey, that doesn't make sense. Can you expound? Because I picked up this book again because I uh I was on this. Uh, texture this text string that's not worth talking about but basically made my heart beat out of my chest and i was like oh my gosh this is right around all the supreme stuff with supreme court stuff with roe v wade was happening and um and so i i i well that night out of the text string I actually went over and talked to bosler and so shout out to bosler you know get bodied we got to say get bodied bosler but yep. he also like way past his bedtime sat on the porch talking you know with me about it so you know shout out to bosler there too but um I I I went back and I picked up this book and I and I read it again and I and I mean just fortuitously, I guess, I don't I don't know what you want to put there as the adjective, but like I'm in a I'm in a conversation with my friends. There's a bunch of us. And in that conversation, one of my friends that I've known for a long time, like 12, 13 years, right? And we're super good friends. She makes a comment because Roe v. Wade comes up and she says, Oh, I don't think we're gonna have that discussion tonight. Because if we do, I'm totally gonna win that, right? And because of the primer, and because this was so fresh in my mind, instead of all the other things I could think, I thought I'm so curious. I'm wondering why she would say that. Like, what is it about her? Like, I'm. I want to know. And so, at the appropriate time of the night, I like I say, "Hey, I. You know, I don't know if now is the time, but I'm curious about what you think about, you know, Roe v. Wade." And she shares with me some things that were so, it, it became a discussion that was incredibly important, heavy, helpful, shared some things about, um, things that had happened to her sister and, and things that, um, were super close to her life that she had experienced and things that, that, um, to the point where the next day, you know, I, I said, Hey, I don't, I don't really know how to say this. I know we were talking about, you know, governance and Supreme court stuff and, and laws, but we almost glossed over the situation. And on the way home, like I cried, like thinking about what happened to your sister. And so I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how to bring this up again, but I'm sorry. Like, and so it was that type of exchange that was not about like, Hey, and and what I realized in there, I realized that we weren't talking about like, hey, was Roe a good good precedence? We weren't talking about, hey, what's the ideas of how we should govern governing things depending on, you know, regardless of, of wh- where we fall on that. We weren't talking about like what we were talking about was we we're sharing these deep rooted passions that that this had had um, kind of sparked about you know, being a female and being a female in the workplace and being, and, and experiencing things in a different realm that I never experienced. Right. And so the ability to learn more about her and also share, it's just, talk to me about like, okay, I've been talking this whole time. And for me to be able to say, Hey, this is, this is what I don't understand. Right. I don't understand when it becomes a life. Right. And I, and, and these are the complications with that. And, and, and also to be able to share, Hey, I don't want to be lumped in with, you know, and I showed her a picture of like the, the um, New York times, right. When that, when v Wade came down, there was, there was um, one picture of somebody cheering with a megaphone and there's one picture of somebody crying. And I was like, Hey, like, these are not me, right. There's another category. And Meg and I are talking about uh, adoption. We're talking about not just, Hey, how do we like, can we sit with people that have these challenges? Can we, can we, can we be more than like sitting behind our computer screens and firing off a sentence to say, yep, this is where I, this is the camp I'm sitting in, but can we, can we live in community? And, 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 and so it was extremely transformative to me. I thought it was a, it was an example of something that I wanted to share because I think it could help, but I also wanted to I I don't know. I, I don't know how to do justice to that person. I don't want to tell that person's story out of turn. I don't want to, I also don't want to like stir up all kinds of complications. So I, that's, that's one of the reasons that this book has helped me be able to engage and understand and, and really learn. So is that, is that fair? I know I just brought some pretty controversial stuff into our podcast, but
1: no, I, go ahead, Luke.
2: No, I was just going to say that's, it's something that you've learned, and I think. I mean, I benefited from hearing from that, and I think. Yeah. Other people will as well.
1: I think too, like if you, if you just kind of take a step back, and kind of look at. What that conversation was like. Um, it sounded. It sounds like there wasn't a. Um, like right or wrong answer. You know, like it doesn't sound like it ended. The conversation ended with a, "This is what the conclusion was," but if anything, it grew you guys's relationship, um, and two, it also opened up your understanding. And I think that's what that's what's more important, because I think it's like relationships just aren't about yes or no's, right or wrongs, black and white. Uh, a lot of things in life has a lot of gray space. Um, and I think being able to be in that gray space and saying, okay, like I see your point of view and I understand and I, I see you better as a person. I see where you're coming from as a person. How does that affect my life? Uh, because some of those experiences that you talked about sounded like, wow, like that is something I have not thought through or even understood or seen. And that is a whole new perspective. Um, no, I, I think that I'm already thinking about ways of like, man, I need to do a better job of taking a step back. And I think to like, listen, being humble. Um, I think that the first two things that popped up in my head of like, that is how we need to approach every single conversation to be humility and also just listen. Um, uh, going back to the, the fact that we are all human beings that are so self-centered Yeah.
0: Right. So, I think I think it's not. I'm not. I'm not sharing this because I'm an expert at it. I'm not actually not even sharing this because I'm good at it. It's just something I've been learning. Yeah. And I think I think that which is the segment, which is the segment get learned, right? (laughs) So I got learned. I'm hoping I'm learning some other people. (laughs) That's true. Um, But I I think I think to put a to put a bow on what you had said, I think that one of the biggest things I learned with my friend was that um, was the yeah like the. Huge benefit for me was I got, I got to be in community and I use that word. That's probably not the right word, but like I got to be better friends with my friend. I got to, to walk into a space that I had no idea was there Mm. and got to understand more about them and in a way that, that would not be possible if I was trying to say, Hey, this is about being right or being wrong. And it's a little bit interesting. It's a little bit different because I feel like in, in marriage, there's definitely like, hey, <laughs> if if I'm arguing with Megan and I prove to her that I'm right, like, I st- I'm still like, I still don't win. Like, there's not, that's not a win. Like, nobody wins. Like, and so, but I think that the interesting thing about taking that concept over into other areas of life is we still have to make decisions on um, how we act, or how we vote, or how we do, you know, how what we believe. And so it's an interesting. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know the answers. But I will say that the life that has come into me and the ability to be a better human and be better connected to the people around me through listening and learning and humility that's been unbelievably helpful mm. so hopefully it helps our
1: listeners well you know what i think we're gonna have an incredible moment to practice what we've just learned uh as we now approach luke's Ooh. time of the podcast where he shares some of his uncommon um you know thought processes what are you talking about uh it may be some of your peeps pushing peeps. they're not uncommon <laughs> bench press <laughs> oh, that's just a list. they are not they are not uncommon I will agree with you on the fake candles in uh, flowers thank you Um, but bench press man <laughs> like I mean I don't love bench press
2: but it's just a lift before we get actually before we get into the peeve section I, I, I did want to take this time just you know just off the top of your head I have some listener questions here. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to relay who the listeners are. Right. Okay. But I would like you to answer this questions, just kind of like, you know, not, you can think about it, but yeah, you know, kind of quickly answer these. Okay. So, so this is a listener question from yeah. someone that you interact with quite frequently. Yep. Um, have you always been so friendly and positive? Uh, I think so. Why?
1: Because um, you're a seven.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So I, I think that partly if you look at Theo, you see that he's just uh, really basically an animal.
1: He's just a little right? ball. <laughs> of he's energy. like a little
0: puppy, right? So that's just, this is his chemicals are just made that way. I will say for a majority of, of Pittsburgh that tiredness and overwork and negativity that if you met me probably five years ago, you may not think that I was bubbly. Hmm. I You actually may not recognize me as the same person
1: hmm.
0: because I, I, I don't think that I was. I, I And I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a lot of friends that, that have been with me through Pittsburgh. But I think that there's definitely been seasons of my life that I've been
2: that I have not been bubbly hmm. or, you know, friendly, friendly, positive.
1: Pittsburgh, uh, David unpacking his life in Pittsburgh is part two. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. It come out later, <laughs> but. All right,
2: I have another question from a, a loyal listener. Ooh, okay.
1: A loyal listener.
2: Wow. What is your favorite Bible verse? Ooh, favorite, my, my favorite Bible. My favorite Bible.
0: Um, I think probably it have to be um in Galatians five where it says for freedom we are set free. Mm. I think being able to be um, know that I'm free from um, just slavery of what other people think, or um, getting value from achievement, or you know, just I think I think that freedom. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it's probably the easiest way to say it in a quick way.
2: Now, uh, last question, yes, from our listeners. Other than having a child. What was the biggest change that happened to you once you became a father?
1: Whoa, that's a great question.
2: The biggest
0: change? Yeah.
2: Contacts, right? After Ellie, LA, <laughs> <laughs> after Liliana, popped out.
0: That's that's not an easy question to answer.
1: Yeah, the contacts. Nice. Okay.
0: I mean, the biggest change. I mean, I, I think I think having a kid it really changes everything about life. I think that you
2: trying to reel back the time. Nine so years. let me put this into perspective for you. This person is married, but does not have children yet. So once you have a kid,
0: it, it's, it's similar to the jump of when you're single and you're like, Hey, when I'm married, like it's basically the same thing as when you're dating. Right but then you get married Ugh. and you have another person that you're like, you have to run everything by and in, not in a bad way, but it's just the whole world changes because it's no longer just you. There's two people in this world and you have to think of the team of the two of you and not just, Hey, I'm going to do this. Cause it affects both of you. When you have a kid, it's like that, but it's like a little drunk person that can't take care of <laughs> themselves. Right. And they're like, like, and it's just, and, 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 you don't get any sleep for the six for six months and they they and and it does upset so they've been some of the best gifts i've ever been given and i'm unbelievably grateful and that's why i can laugh about the fact that like Literally, I thought Megan and I were like, we were, we were it. We were like, dude, we crushing this marriage thing. We argue well. We like, we hang out together. We like each other. Like we are like, we have it. We had a kid and I was like,
2: what happened? (laughs) Like
0: there's just stuff. Like she's like, Hey, we need to take Liliana out to this pirates game. I was like, Liliana's four days old, honey. Like, we can't do that. She's like, why not? Are you going to be one of those parents that, like, won't let our kid do anything? I was like, no. I just want to, don't take her into, like, a whole crowd of people with all these diseases. Plus, she's four years, like, four days old. Like, you can't do that. Did that actually happen? Yes. We, we did didn't not. Megan it come back down. Okay. She would validate that. Probably. All right. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think, I think basic, I, I mean, you have a third person on your team. Mm. And the third person is extremely needy at the beginning. Third, and, fourth, and fifth. Yeah, third, fourth, and fifth, you know? And and my dumb self continues to underestimate the impact. Once we had it loaded on, we're like, cool. Second one, we've already done this. Already, we'll know what it's like, right? Now, some parts were much easier, but also going from three to four was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I Why is this so hard? <laughs> and I, I think it's just that surprise of like the same thing of, of – at some point, all married person realize that marriage is not supposed to be easy, mm. right? And it's like, oh, okay, I can shift my expectation because up until that point, you've just been secretly pissed. That's not real easy because living with your best friend should be easy. You're like, it's not. It's just,
2: it's just not. Wow, that's great. On to my peeves. <laughs> On to <your> peeves. <laughs> peeves. All right, push peeves. I know you have you. You've said multiple times that you don't have any pet peeves, so. I thought about it. I don't know if I have any pet peeves. Push and peeve. Well, you better think of something in the next fifteen okay. seconds. Okay. 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 Push and so, peeves. I have oh. two that I will share to give you some extra time. Okay. Yeah. What pushed your peeve this week? Actually, on my way here today.
1: <laughs> what? What?
2: I was driving. Oh, I'm driving, man. I was driving, and something that used to be like limited to like the Dublin area, but now has like. roundabouts 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 Roundabouts. Roundabouts? people cannot drive in roundabouts (laughs) actually they're super safe i don't care if they're safe or not they're safe if you know how to drive through them
0: the stats on roundabouts
2: are ridiculous i'm totally fine with the roundabouts it's the people who drive
0: through them Look, I love you. I just think <laughs> the, the just the, the raw fury Look, in your face right now and the like the No, 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 no. You about. need to understand this.
1: It's the people. It's the people in the roundabout. It's not the roundabout itself. I literally drive through a roundabout every single day. Right?
2: Does that mean you don't like me? No, I'm saying can you can you drive through one effectively, efficiently? Do yes. so you stop in the middle of the roundabout? People? People someone did that today. See? That's what I'm saying. They're supposed to be like super safe. And then you have people just like stop in the middle of them for no reason. I have one. Okay. Luke's, Can I second pe- Luke's one? pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> Is Luke's pet peeve? Yeah, am your I, peeve? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I your pet peeve? No, but I do think
0: like almost every time we hang out, you at some point in our conversation, you look at me like, oh, I just picked up another pet peeve. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I doing every time that we hang out? Like, like I peeve you. <laughs> just
2: No, just because
1: okay. it's.
0: You're like, oh, this fanny pack doesn't match.
1: Pet peeve. pet peeve, yeah. I was like, you can't. That's not. That's not how it works. He told me a few days ago that he, uh, the fact that I love giving gifts is a, a pet peeve of his. It is.
2: <laughs>
1: the love language of gift giving is a pet peeve of mine. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> I'll save my other pet peeve for later because apparently that's my. That could be my second one. Oh my. Goodness. No, I have to say it. Okay. The city of Chicago
1: the whole thing
2: <laughs> throw it throw it into lake michigan i'm done with it what? the whole city of chicago that's how it works i don't think, I think <laughs> you've just taken over the segment I mean, is like is it a pet peeve if it's just pure hate
0: there's gonna yes be, there's gonna that be is
2: what a pet peeve is <laughs> there's gonna be a spinoff
0: to this podcast and it's just gonna be luke being like this is my pet peeve i hate
1: this <laughs>
2: Hey, people would listen. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. You're totally right. Now. So what what did Chicago need to do to you? I lived in Chicago for a summer doing research. The worst three months. Well, it was probably the close it was it was a it was a pretty bad time of my life for a lot of reasons, but Chicago made it like infinitely worse. Oh my goodness. Okay, big cities, you know how I do with a lot large groups of people, not good. Okay. <laughs> Keep them away from me. Large city. Everything's busy. Everything is just too much, too overstimulating, too many things going on. So, how do you feel about New York? What? New York. I hate New York, but I hate Chicago more because I was in Chicago more recently.
1: Mm. This is very
2: interesting. Too many people. It's dirty. It smells bad all the time. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> get bodied. Yeah. <laughs> See a Chicago. Oh my gosh. Anyway, what's your pet peeve? Um, so, I have a couple
0: what one pet peeve is when a what? small child bites my rib cage
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge
0: pet peeve of mine sends me from zero to hundred like that Did you do not test out. me you better look out i will i promise you i will you're gonna be doing a snatch i'm gonna come up right, I will, pass, you right off. I will pass you out i will put you in a chokehold <laughs> so fast it's not even funny and with no regret whatsoever.
2: We're going to get when a small child bites my ribcage. Yeah. By the way,
0: you're not a small child, so it doesn't count, right? Yeah, not so pet... I can do it freely. You yeah, can do it. Yeah. fine. Okay. Oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. Like, that's a pet peeve of mine when a small child bites. Um. Second pet peeve of mine is when people put their knee sleeves on at the gym and don't put them on before they get in their car.
1: Yeah, they got to you, you can only put on the knee sleeves in the car. Yeah. 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 Oh,
2: cat. Feel free to knock these suckers out whenever you see them again. Yeah. Oh Um, my gosh. I felt like there was more, but I don't remember when it was. No, no, no. That's good. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, that second one was fake, but that first one I could tell was real. Oh, yeah. Make me real mad. Uh, Like, real mad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Nowhere uh, else if they bite you,
0: like, in the thigh. (laughs) That's fine. Really? It's just like, there's there's some times where... You're just really sensitive in the ribs. As a kid... I had a lot. So, no, no, not as a kid. My entire life, I've had impulse control issues, right? As a kid, I had way more emotions and just less coping mechanisms. And so, at one point, I kicked my stove because I was upset, right? Just shattered the stove, my mom's stove. I've, I've like, I just, I, I was putting a hot chocolate in the microwave and it hit me right at the soft spot. And I was just so viscerally angry that I just, Punted my stove door and just mm. so, so i'm just like there's like it it is possible for me to go from like fun loving puppy to like i'm i'm just this uh, like i don't you even know hulk out. a hulk out right yeah. D-
1: are you saying this pet peeve stems from hot chocolate <laughs> burning you
0: no it didn't even burn me the hot chocolate didn't burn me it was the edge of the stove and in my mind i was so mad at the stove
2: that i kicked it yeah you do i mean you-
0: yeah the other thing is, so, so I will say, because there's not like when having kids, there's moments of having kids that you have to remember. And then I, I feel like just like God just like intersects my life and it's like, Hey, this is not a good idea. Right? <laughs> like when I'm, I'm wrestling with like a six month old kid because, you know, we're having fun and but you know, like. Oh like it's great. Why are you wrestling a six-month? Because I want to be a dominate. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe not t- maybe one, maybe two years old, right? So me, you know, me yeah, and yeah, me and kid are one. like me yeah. and kid are like wrestling around or like sitting on top of me and they're playing and they bite me. And the thing is is that it's it takes like I just by the sheer grace of God, I don't punch my child in the head. <laughs> like literally I go completely dark. <laughs> And think i'm gonna like what like i'm just mad but then i'm like don't do that that's your flesh and blood he's on your team he didn't he's only uh, you know a year old six months old doesn't know what he's doing right and so I'm like megan i need to go in the backyard
2: for a second take Don, you know so pet peeve, great pet peeve all I love from that. a stove i love that all from hot chocolate in a stove
1: yeah. wow that's, That's no like Luke caliber pet peeve. Right yeah, see? It's a new subway. There we go. We just gotta find more. <laughs> Alright. Two
2: minute drill. Two minute drill. You Let's gonna, get spicy. Are you guys gonna do the, uh...
1: Drop,
0: you want me to do the uh, timer? timer?
1: Yeah, you should do the timer. I gotta think of some questions real quick. What? I already asked you if you had them. I, I love shoot from the hip.
2: Oh. I did that last time. It wasn't good, so I... I, I keep. Bro, We're like on the minute... On the hour 40 mark. Yeah. Excellent. We're like, we're like. That's perfect. Just smack
1: Okay. It. All right. Let's smash. run it. Three, two, one. Favorite activity to do with your kids?
0: Oh, um, I like just rolling around with them. I like wrestling around with them. I
2: like playing soccer. I like, um. Activity, not ease. E, what? Just one activity. Uh, uh, yeah. Wrestling. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes.
1: What is your favorite guilty pleasure food?
2: Pizza. If you invented a cologne, what would it be called? Ooh. Um,
0: Jungle kitty.
1: (laughs) Jungle kitty. What is your favorite um, quality of Megan?
2: Um, She's my best friend.
1: Mm.
2: Would you rather have a metal hook for a hand or a wooden leg? What in the world? <laughs> a wooden leg for a hand? No. Wooden leg. Okay.
1: Do you have a free night? You're not doing anything. Kids are out of town. You, you have the night yourself. What do you do?
0: Um, It depends. One of the two nights, I would read and journal and, like, like better myself. And the other night, I would probably watch, like, a Steven Seagal movie or,
2: like, um just completely veg out mm. Amber Heard or Johnny Depp um who Amber Heard or Johnny Depp I, I what are you talking oh about? my gosh okay pass on that one okay. what is the life expectancy of an alligator with two heads mmm <laughs> if it's in my pond same as uh Happy Gilmore
1: <laughs> what's your favorite crossfit movement
2: ooh um bar muscle ups Oh, wow. What chess piece would you be? chess piece? Yeah. <laughs> A rook.
1: Oh, I like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Thailand. Is it Thailand?
0: Or- Actually, no, that's not true. I would go to Miramar.
1: Oh, wow. That's where I'd go. What's your... If you could go to any vacation place in the world, where We're would you go?
0: We're done. Um, like, vacation... So... One of two places. If I really wanted to be like, hey, it's
1: just you and Megan.
0: It's just me, and Megan. I'd go to Myanmar. Wow. Or like, or like, like that version, that region of the world, like, yeah. like Vietnam, like Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. I go to Southeast Asia. Uh, I also would love to go to um, uh, New Zealand, like Australia, sometime. But I
1: looked at plane tickets to New, New Zealand recently. Bro, that mug costs like two thousand dollars. So it that that space though would be like kind of like a
0: hey, this is pretty cool. Like this is super comfortable and exciting and adventure. Where I feel like like Southeast Asia would be like kind of physically m- miserable is the wrong word, but like challenging. But from an experience and like bettering yourself, like lifestyle way culture, way better. Yeah. like long term
1: benefit out of
2: your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. yeah I sure. mean, dude, if you ever go to Southeast Asia and need a place to stay in Malaysia, my family will be there. You can stay at their crib. Yeah. Seriously. Like Sam and No, or- I've like I mean, I have a ton of relatives in Malaysia. A ton. Really? Yeah. So, this will be part of my podcast, but my my grandpa had two two wives at the same time. So like I have a fleet of cruise. <laughs> dude, fleet. Of we cool should of totally go to Malaysia. That mug of a plane ticket costs one thousand plus. <laughs> what if I gift you
0: that for your birthday?
1: Hey, what? That would be a very. I want to go. <laughs> well, you can gift it to him for his birthday too, <laughs> dude. Or we can use like some travel credit card. We points.
0: should totally <laughs> go to Malaysia. Yeah. Dude, that would be
1: Hey, the only way that we could really make it to Malaysia is if we get a great sponsor and we can business, you know, business expense it. So guys, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts or or Spotify. Leave us a rating, review, comment. Anything else, guys? We don't
2: have a Patreon. Not yet. Not yet. Boom. See you guys next two
3: weeks. <laughs>